Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors. But as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% of the population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military. And the other 99% of us, we owe them. Online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. Thank you, as always, for your time. We've got a fantastic show ahead. I hope you can stick with us from this point to the end of the program. We've got a terrific variety of stories and a couple of great guests as well. We couldn't do programs like this without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, B-O-E-S-E-N Law, BosonLaw.com. As we tell you every week, they fight on behalf of veterans every single day. Get in touch with them if you have issues. If something doesn't feel right, or if you know a veteran that needs legal assistance, now you know the team at Boson Law, 303-999-9999 or bosonlaw.com. Coming up, Space Command staying in the state of Colorado and what a political football it has been for the last couple of years. We will have the latest in this segment as we begin the program. Coming up in segment number two, with the blockbuster out right now, Oppenheimer, side note, If you go see it, I would highly recommend, A, you do, B, see it in IMAX. Coming up, a little heard interview from Oppenheimer conducted with CBS News 20 years after the bombs. Looking back now, do you think that our country's use of the bomb was necessary? I believe that the view which I learned from many, but above all from General Marshall and from So that is what we call a tease. You can tell 20 years after the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you can tell it still obviously weighed heavy on J. Robert Oppenheimer. We'll play that interview for you uh, throughout next segment. Coming up in our third segment, maybe you have driven past the Coffee Cabin, Ponderosa Drive, and South Parker Road. Well, Wes, the owner, is uh, putting together a wonderful charity that benefits Project Healing Waters. He is a character. He's a card. I love the guy. He joins us in our third segment. And we wrap up with a friend of the American Veteran Show, Kelly Wolf, the executive director of Comeback Yoga. 
they need your help as well. So a couple of great interviews and excellent programming in the nearly 60 minutes ahead. First, we start with the fate and the big announcement last week for U.S. Space Command. The following from NBC, Fox, and CBS. Well, officials say President Biden will keep the U.S. Space Command headquarters in Colorado. The Trump administration had previously proposed a relocation from Colorado Springs to Huntsville, Alabama. The head of Space Command said such a move would have harmed military readiness. Joining us now is CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarland. Scott, good to see you. I actually just came back from Huntsville, and I'd never been there before. And that was the one thing that struck me is you're very aware of the sort of impact of the aerospace industry, defense contractors. Just there's a, there's a space camp there. It's kind of like, I think the nickname is Aerospace City, in yeah. fact, Huntsville. Yeah. So a number of Alabama Republicans are calling the president's decision not to move uh, the Space Force Command partisan politics. They've also accused the president of prioritizing his political agenda over national security. So can you just just break down the history here, the politics, uh, the back and forth over the relocation decision? This is certain to launch a political investigation, if not a political dust storm. Alabama not only has that Huntsville space culture in its DNA, but obviously it has some very well-positioned Republicans. This Congress, it's an Alabama Republican who chairs the House Armed Services Committee. There's an Alabama Republican on the pivotal House Appropriations Committee. And then there's Senator Tommy Tuberville, who has cut a particularly high profile over the past few weeks. So there are going to be investigations and reviews of this decision. But there's also this reality, the administration arguing that the decision was made to keep the Space Command in Colorado Springs, which also has aviation in its DNA with the Air Force, because it is simply much more stable to keep a major branch of the military in a place where it already exists versus trying to transplant it a couple thousand miles. But it's going to become a political wedge issue no matter what either side argues because you're going from a state that was a uh, devoted supporter of President Biden in 2020 to a state that was very much not. That's the that's the story that's being written here, and it's going to play out when Congress returns here in September. In essence, both sides then play in politics, the former president and the current one, potentially. But what justification does the current White House give for this decision? And have we heard from military leaders about the uh, decision to stay in Colorado as opposed to move to Alabama? Our CBS News reporting it is that there was an argument that this is a stability move, that this is something that helps the military by keeping the military in a place where it's already developed its root system. There was in 2021, when former President Trump made this a decision in the 11th hour of his presidency, truly in January 2021, to transplant the Space Command to Alabama, there was a sense from federal inspectors who reviewed that decision in 2022 that there was a lack of transparency and some of the factors that go into base realignments were not fully followed. Some were, some weren't. But there's also this reality, Ed, with which you've become familiar over the years, that typically when you do base realignments and closures in the federal government, you try to take the politics out of it. You appoint this independent commission to do it because there's going to be winners, there's going to be losers, there's going to be critics, there's going to be supporters no matter what you choose. But here we are in 2023, on the eve of an election year, and the Biden administration has made a decision that will be viewed as political, but potentially beneficial politically. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, just real quick, you mentioned Senator Tuberville. Uh, Senate's obviously in recess. They're not going to be back till September. So those hundreds of military promotions he continues to hold up remain in limbo, right? 
We have asked him repeatedly, and he has told me that he's not going to look for an off-ramp here, that the only way he's going to yield to his decision is if the Pentagon reverses this policy, which I'll remind folks is a policy in which the Pentagon will provide for time off or for travel expenses for some service members who seek abortion services due to new restrictions in some states on abortion services. Uh, Senator Tuberville has taken this stance, and he has amplified any number of his concerns through a national megaphone, and he is not surrendering that megaphone, even though Congress is on recess. We expect him to continue making the argument and continue making this stance when the Senate returns here after Labor Day. New developments this morning. Alabama lawmakers are planning a legal fight after President Biden's decision to keep U.S. Space Command headquarters here in Colorado. Former President Trump had decided that the headquarters should be based in Huntsville, Alabama. Air Force leaders supported the move, but Space Command did not. They argued the transition would take years at a time when the U.S. military needs to be ready to act. The Pentagon says Biden's decision was the right call, but Republican lawmakers accused the administration of playing politics, just as Colorado lawmakers accused President Trump of playing politics. Well, now Alabama lawmaker Mike Rogers, chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, is doubling down on his investigation into the location, posting on social media saying this is not over and Colorado Springs will not be the permanent location for U.S. Space Command. Of course, we'll keep you updated on that looming legal fight as it develops. President Biden is reversing a plan by the Trump administration. And the Biden administration is now going to keep the U.S. Space Command headquarters in Colorado instead of moving it to Alabama. Space Command's permanent location has been the source of kind of a big political fight here in Washington. Some lawmakers going up against each other. Why? NBC News were first reported back in May that the root of this all had to do with concerns over Alabama's strict anti-abortion policies. Now, White House officials have denied that that was a factor. Dan DeLuce is joining us now. So, Dan, what was the factor in deciding to keep Space Command in Colorado? And I should note, just in case people are wondering, you are at the Pentagon, uh, but the screen behind you has had a technical malfunction. That aside, tell us more about this decision from the Biden administration. So this is a big decision, and it was really pending now for many months. And it's been this tremendous political feud between lawmakers in Alabama and lawmakers in Colorado. A lot of jobs here at stake. And then, of course, there was this abortion policy factor about Alabama having this extremely restrictive law on abortion. And there was some concern that female service members would be, you know, obviously very affected by this uh, law in Alabama, and it was not ideal uh, for that reason to move it to that state. And of course, the other factor here is the original plan was always to have it in Colorado. In the closing days of Trump's presidency, there was a decision to reverse course and have that headquarters be located to Alabama. And afterward, Trump claimed credit for that decision. The Biden administration reviewed all of that. So this has been going on now for years. And now we finally get a decision. And of course, you can imagine members of Congress from Alabama are not pleased. Various networks coverage of the fact that Space Command headquarters will remain in the state of Colorado. When we come back, you'll hear uh, uh, an interview with J. Robert Oppenheimer from 1965 conducted by CBS News that not a lot of people have seen. I don't know how many, relatively speaking, saw it in 1965, but I'll tell you what you will hear coming up. You will hear a very strained, even 20 years after the bomb, You'll hear from Robert Oppenheimer himself. And of course, today, August 6th, we remember the bombing of Hiroshima. I'm Stephen Tubbs. This is the American Veteran Show. Stay with us. AmericanVeteranShow.com. 
Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephan Tubbs. We continue the American Veteran Show on this, the 78th anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima. The Enola Gay, of course, Paul Tibbetts commanding the Enola Gay, named after his mother. And, of course, it was a success. And we're not using today's program to debate the merits of whether we should or should not have dropped the bomb. I think for many of you veterans listening You already know that the casualties were going to be into the millions when you took into account the uh, military and civilians, uh, both in Japan and, of course, our men who would invade the Japanese islands. It didn't happen, but it was 78 years ago today. This, we love playing the old newsreels. The second atom bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, and this is the first film of the result. Most of the city appears to have been obliterated. Four square miles of desolation are reported. But it's noticeable that a number of steel-framed buildings are still standing. Nagasaki was the target for the third bomb, which was delivered three days after the attack on Hiroshima. Here at Nagasaki, the explosion was concentrated on an area of one square mile, and even more complete destruction is said to have resulted. In Tokyo, the Japanese capital, the very widespread devastation was caused not by atom bombing, but by a number of heavy attacks by superfortresses. The majority of the damage was done by incendiaries, and something like three-quarters of the city is estimated to have been wiped out. Near the Emperor's Palace, which suffered only minor damage, Japanese subjects were still prostrating themselves, although the Son of Heaven proved quite unable to protect them from disaster. A few miles away stood one of the most notorious of prison camps, Ofuna. Here, many Allied prisoners were starved and ill-treated. Our picture shows a few of the fittest leaving for home. No doubt their former jailers hope that by bowing and groveling now, they will get away with their crime. But if we or our allies allow the Japanese criminals to escape the punishment they so justly deserve, that itself will be a crime. Our men will have fought in vain, and war will inevitably return. That from old newsreel coverage from the mid-1940s. And just to go back real quick, you may have heard that the announcer then said the second bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. You may have said, wait, 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 that was the first. Well, in this newsreel, they were counting the Trinity test in New Mexico as the first atomic bomb. Now to Robert Oppenheimer. This from a 1965 interview with CBS News. Looking back now, do you think that our country's use of the bomb was necessary? I believe that the view which I learned from many, but above all from General Marshall and from from Colonel Stimson, the Secretary of War, the view that they had that we would have to fight our way 
the main islands and that it would involve a slaughter of Americans and Japanese on a massive scale was arrived at by them in good faith, with regret, and on the best evidence that they then had. To that alternative, I think the bomb was an enormous relief. The war had started in 39. It had seen the death of tens of millions. It had seen brutality and degradation, which had no place in the middle of the 20th century. And the ending of the war by this means, certainly cruel, was not undertaken lightly. But I am not, as of today, confident that a better course was then open. I have not a very good answer to this question. Dr. Oppenheimer, nevertheless, with all the rationalization, with all the inevitability of the decision that history demonstrates to us, you and many like you who brought the bomb into being still seem to suffer, may I say, from a bad conscience about it. Is that true, sir? Uh, well, I don't want to speak for others because we're all different. Uh, I, uh, I think when you play a, a meaningful part in bringing about the death of over 100,000 people and the injury of a comparable number, uh, you naturally don't think of that as with ease. I believe we had a great cause to do this, but I do not think that our consciences should be entirely easy at stepping out of the part of studying nature, learning the truth about it, uh, to change the course of human history. Long ago, I said once that uh, in a crude sense, which no vulgarity and no humor could quite erase, the physicists had known sin. And I didn't mean by that the deaths that were caused as the result of our work. I meant that we had known the sin of pride. We had turned to effect in what proved to be a major way the course of man's history. We had the pride of thinking we knew what was good for man. And uh, I do think it has left a mark on many of those who were responsibly engaged. I think the, uh, the notion that the United States should be fixing up its its power to fight limited engagements on the ground and in the air with old-fashioned weapons that we hope were a little better than they used to be, not as a, a step in conquering the world, but as a step in giving a chance to think, to pause, to argue, and to persuade before a holocaust. That's a pattern that I believe is not familiar either. Um, when you think that for years the intellectuals of Russia were interested in France and the United Kingdom and the United States have gotten together to talk to each other about the problems of armament and the problems of the application of science and the problems of maintaining the peace, uh, this also is not quite something that uh, is familiar. The institutions are not there. The patterns are faulty, frail, very vulnerable, but there is a wind blowing. Uh, Dr. Oppenheimer, from all that you have said, it seems that when you contemplate the future, it is more with hope than with pessimism. 
well, I... Or is that an oversimplification that's Yes, hard I've to... tried to talk about the hopeful things. The unhopeful ones jump to everyone's mind. Uh, will the Chinese change their views of human destiny and of the relations between them and us before or after they have the power to make major nuclear war? It's anybody's guess. Um, will the uh, detente between the Russians and the West survive the strains of this time? Will they survive what's going on in Asia today? We don't know. There are a hundred reasons for seeing no hope at all. And I take it for granted that everybody can think of them without being reminded. It's harder to think of anything on the other side, and I have tried to say that however frail and however tentative and however limited, they do exist and they look to me like a bridgehead to a livable future but not without work. Robert Oppenheimer with CBS News in an outdoor, obviously, interview that was conducted in 1965, a full two decades after the bomb. And you can be the judge of whether or not Oppenheimer, during that interview setting, was still living with the ramifications of his, as Sting once sang, Oppenheimer's deadly toy. When we come back, You'll meet a guy who grew up in Queens, born in Brooklyn. This guy, Wes Crespi, the owner of the coffee cabin in the town of Parker. He's up to a lot of good. And if you've never heard him speak, you're in for a treat. Stay with us. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stefan Tubbs. We continue this week's edition of the American Veteran Show with a guy that I've known about because I frequent his business. His name is Wes Crespi. He is the owner of the Coffee Cabin right there off of Parker Road. And brother, welcome to the American Veteran Show. It's really nice to meet you. Thank you so much. And it's wonderful to meet you both. I appreciate it. Michael Arpaio here, our producer as well. So next month, you're going to be on the program with us as we get closer to a charity event that benefits our friends at Project Healing Waters, projecthealingwaters.org. And they do such a great job of, of taking veterans and getting them out into the outdoors, etc. So your charity event is coming up Saturday, October 14th in Sedalia. However, the reason why we want you on now, Wes, is because for that event, you need some auction items. So with that said... You were not born in Parker, Colorado. I can tell by the accent. I was. I'm from uh, East Denver. <laughs> East Denver. Yeah, or East Rutherford, New Jersey. Probably closer. Brooklyn, New York. Okay, Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. There you go. But you didn't see me. Listen, Coffee Cabin. You guys have been supporters of our men and women in law enforcement. You back the blue. You, you back the veterans. You love coffee. How do you get involved in the biz? So I was in corporate America, like everybody else, for you know most of my career. I was in hotels. One day I just decided I can't do this anymore. It's just, you know, you go to work. There's nothing you're really doing. You know, it was, it was great for why it lasted, you know, for as long as it lasted and for what it did for myself. And, uh, and it was time to move on. So I got a job one day and I was driving around delivering coffee <laughs> to all the coffee shops all over Colorado. Uh-huh. So I used to see drive throughs all the time. And one day I said, you know, this would be a cool gig, <laughs> you know. So I asked my wife and my daughters, and they were all on board. And I found this coffee uh, drive through that uh-huh. was for sale. Called uh, It was just a little log cabin. I bought it, and the rest is history. How long ago was that? That was 17 years ago. 
So you've been around 17 years. You made it through the pandemic, brother, which I know yes, I could spend yes. two hours talking to you about that, and yeah. we're not going to. I'm I gotta, trying to forget I, that word. I, I got to rein you in, so we're right. going to pretend that didn't happen, but you survived. I want to know why the blatant, and most appreciated, by the way, the blatant support of you know Back the Blue and our, our veterans. Um, you know, not to sound corny, uh, and not to, you know, rehash all the remarks you hear people say all the, all the time, but I have a brother that's a retired New York City cop, and my whole family is military. My father was Navy, my brother's, uh, 82nd Airborne, this is two of corny. my nephews. This is reality. Yes. So, you know, I mean, for example, a woman was just attacked, uh, and of course she had a big job, so it made the news, and she was just attacked in Seattle, and she said, I don't blame, I don't blame, uh, the, the police, because it took like 23 minutes, I think, for the cops to get there. And she was beaten really bad. And she said, I don't blame the police. I blame the city because we defunded the police. It's the most yep. ridiculous, inane thing I've ever heard of in my life. And every time you think, okay, it can't get any cra- – it gets crazier. So you know something? I fly that American flag, and I fly that thin blue line flag over my building every single day. So when cops drive by at night and they see that flag, it's very well lit. What's the cross, the cross street? It's Ponderosa Drive. Ponderosa Drive Correct. and Parker. And you can see that if you're driving south, it's on the left-hand side. If you're driving north on Parker, it's on the, on the right-hand side. Uh, Parker Road and, and Ponderosa Drive. So you obviously stuck through the defund the police movement as we did on this program and my regular talk show. Oh, I was threatened they were going to burn my building down right. uh, by uh, BOM threatened they were going to burn my building down. Somebody told me. And, uh, you know, I got so many threats. They vandalized my building. But the important thing to me is uh, that flag when the police drive by at night, even if it's only one police car, which yep. I know it's, it's not. It's way more than that. And they look up and they see, hey, you know what? There's still people out there that care and there's still people out there that respect us. And I do. And not every police officer in the world is amazing. You know, not every single one, obviously, but neither is every dentist, neither is every attorney, neither is every DJ. I mean, I could go on a litany of, uh, you know, professions, but at the end of the day, you know, our police are a value, you know, and we need them. And when you put your head on that pillow at night and you know, nobody's coming into your home for the most part and- Nobody's robbing you when you're walking down the street. You, know, you get a sense of security. And the minute we don't have security in this country, you have anarchy. Yep. And the same same goes for, and, and obviously your our family military. connections with, with the military. <laughs> Absolutely. Wes Crespi is our guest. He is the owner of the coffee cabin in Parker, backing the blue, backing our country, backing our men and women in uniform, past and present. So there's this uh, fundraiser that you've done now. What about you started three years ago? It's coming up in Sedalia, Correct. Sedalia, October 14th. It's a Saturday at the Wide Open Saloon. Correct. But, uh, you know, some would say, ah, I'll get to that next month. I'll get to that later. But the reason why we're having you on now and then we'll have you again on next month is you need auction items. So what does that entail for somebody listening to you? What what can how can they help? We need anybody that's listening to this right now. We need you to just take a moment and say, you know something? I've never done anything and I want to do something. Make this that something. Or somebody says, I give a lot. Make this that another one in addition to the other ones that you give. But this is so important because if we don't show our military our support, if we don't take care of our vets, who's going to do it? I mean, Congress doesn't even want our health care, you know, senators, uh, the president of our own country doesn't even want our health care. And our vets come home and they have to fight 
for the crappy health care we have. You're wearing a 20, hashtag 22 a day military suicide Correct. awareness. And as soon as I met you for the first time in person here, I'm like, thank you for wearing that shirt because we have focused so much over the years on this program about veteran suicide. And that is a perfect lead into why you're supporting with this fundraiser again out the wide open saloon sedalia october 14th a saturday you know that's a perfect way to say hey here's here's a nonprofit that works and that is project healing waters correct i try to do a fundraise every month or two and i'll donate my entire day's salary every single dime i make my tips everything i'll donate it all to a local charity or i try to find some organization that really needs help because i'm beyond blessed my wife and i we are fine our grandkids are wonderful and our daughters are doing great. So we don't really have a lot of needs. And you know something? There's a lot of people out there that do. Yeah. So I watched everybody in, in my neighborhood help my mom raise six kids by herself. So this is my way of giving back. Plus, I'm 62 years old. You know, when I was a kid, it was a different world. You respected the cops. You know, you walked that line, you know. And if some people have a problem with that, that's their problem. That's not my problem. Yep. I can only do what Wes wants to do. And what I want to do is... I want to I want to take care of our military and I want to take care of our our police and this shirt one day I decided I was going to do a fundraiser so I just went on the internet and I found this organization and it was uh, for the veterans I take the life and to make a short story long I called and the woman her husband was marine and when he got out he was sick you know he was hurting everything and he ended up dying. But without going into the whole thing, before he died, he told his wife, please don't forget my brothers. Mm. And his wife didn't know what to do, so she started this organization. And I'll be honest, I don't remember the name of the organization. I have it at home. And sadly, because, Wes, there are so many of them. There are. There are. And you know something? God bless them all. Thank God. So she started this organization. She didn't know what to do. And I happened to call her. She told me the story. I was trying to figure out what am I going to do, and now you're calling me. I haven't even done anything yet with this organization. So it was kind of cool. So that kind of leads you to wanting to be philanthropic and to give back for all the right reasons. Let me tell you again, you fit right in on this program. But I'll tell you one thing I'll do. I think maybe we could get $5, but I will donate somebody. If they, if you want to auction off uh, somebody coming into our studio and okay. sit in for an hour or two on our program, the sure. regular one, I'd love to, to donate that to you for the cause. But how can they get you know a widget that they want to have auctioned? How do they get in touch with so, you? You can contact me. It's AmericanPatriot06 at Yahoo.com. One more time. AmericanPatriot06 at Yahoo.com. At Yahoo.com. Yes, AmericanPatriot06 at, at Yahoo.com. And what we're just in you know, 30 somebody, seconds, what are you looking for? Okay. And I have a lot of veterans that come into my coffee shop. And what they do is they give me $2,000 and they buy a table for that evening. Mm-hmm. And they get a table and they get eight people. I have another gentleman, a good friend of my, Ron Porter. He'll come in every year and he'll buy a table and donate it to the veterans. So if you come to this event, uh, it's a hundred bucks, and if you're a veteran, it's no charge. And what I need is maybe you own a restaurant, a really nice restaurant in town somewhere. Maybe you own a, a ski shop. Maybe you own a, a, a home in the mountains. Whatever it might be, maybe you can make a donation. Um, I had a company. I'm not going to mention the name. I had a company. They they promised me twenty grand. They were going to sponsor me this year, and they were going to sponsor it for us. And they just pulled it away on us. And uh, and that's Ooh. okay. No, yeah, but that's okay. That's their loss. So yeah. if somebody be interested uh, in sponsoring us, it's twenty grand. Every single dime goes to the organization. We don't keep anything. Everything is donated. Everything. So we're gonna we're gonna consider this, sure. Wes. Part one of you and promoting this event Saturday, October fourteenth at the Wide Open Saloon in Sedalia, with the uh, proceeds going to Project. Healing Waters. That's projecthealingwaters.org. 
org. Until we meet again, because we've got to get to a break, but Coffee Cabin and Parker, he supports our men and women in law enforcement, supports our men and women past and present, uh, serving this great nation, Wes Crespi. We'll be back to wrap up the show. We talk uh, Comeback Yoga, our friends revisit as we wrap up. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. We wrap up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show with uh, a friend of the program, and we certainly have highlighted what the wonderful folks at Comeback Yoga are all about in helping veterans. And there's a fundraiser coming up one week from today, and we welcome back to the program Comeback Yoga's Executive Director, Kelly Wolf. Always great to have you, friend, and happy. It's, it's kind of sad that summer is winding down, but I know the work never stops for you guys. It's good to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. What is a week from today? We have our very first ever benefit concert. So August 13th at the Lakewood Elks, which is on West Colfax, right across from the brand new open Casa Bonita. Uh, from three to six, we have a benefit concert with one of the hottest local bands, The Missing. And our opener just happens to be Standon Evans, who was a U.S. combat medic and one of our yoga teachers. And this is obviously important. What you guys do, we're going to get into uh, um, some background, and, and we have you on for your annual fundraiser, et cetera. But, you know, stuff like this, uh, coming, uh, you know, coming up is, is this concert fundraiser again a week from today. But overall, these, these programs that you all want to do, they don't fund themselves. And obviously, that's why you have to have events like this. And hopefully, the turnout will be great. Yeah. And you know what? So in 2022, we served over 12,000 students. So far in 2023, we've already served 7,000 students. So what this tells us is that the need is growing, and therefore we have to grow with it. And you're totally right. That doesn't happen for free. So we have to pay for teachers, pay for mats, pay for all these things that have to happen. And events like this concert help us do that. Kelly Wolf is Comeback Yoga Executive Director. You can find out more about the program, comebackyoga.org. That's comebackyoga.org. Again, The Missing will perform one week from today, August 13th, uh, near Casa Bonita. I love how you got the plug in. That was good because everybody can kind of identify, you know, where on Colfax. Yeah, where on Colfax Casa Bonita is here locally. Uh, 3 to 6 p.m. again, one week from today. This is where I ask you to kind of put your, your executive director hat on and your elevator pitch. Just in case people haven't heard you on the program over the years, what is Comeback Yoga? Sure. So Comeback Yoga is a Denver-based nonprofit that provides completely free, trauma-informed, science-based yoga for the military community. So that's veterans, active duty, their friends and family, and their clinicians. And I hear some people being like, yoga for the military? Right. I get it. But our yoga is specifically tailored to that demographic. We're not trying to get you into leggings and make you look, you know, hot (laughs) for a magazine. We're trying to downregulate your nervous system. We're trying to get you to live in the present moment instead of what happened five years ago or what may happen in five minutes. Trying to get you to feel safe in your body and be confident and bring you a community of really good people who are who share an experience that you had. Kelly, when we started talking with you a few years ago, I, I'm not sure if I ever asked you, you know, the demographic breakdown of this, but 
just assuming, and I'm not trying to be sexist, of course, but I mean, just assuming that there would be more women interested in yoga, maybe in the past with, uh, as you say, 12,000 people served last year, 7,000 already this year. Are we seeing more men get into this? So we have the exact opposite demographic of every other yoga organization in the world. Our demographic is mostly male. Hmm. And that is, you know, I'm really proud of that because men tend to be more hesitant about yoga just because of the stereotypes that have been built up uh, over the decades. Right. But our demographic is largely male, um, and it ranges anywhere from uh, Vietnam to current active duty special forces. Uh, obviously, uh, we are open to the entire community, so a lot of spouses come um, and obviously female veterans and anyone in that community. But yeah, mostly men for us, which, you know, is not an easy task to accomplish. <laughs> Kelly Wolf, our guest here as we wrap up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. She is executive director of Comeback Yoga, has military in her family. And again, we'll talk to her in a couple of months when their annual fundraiser comes. But this is a, 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 a perfect opportunity for you to support Comeback Yoga. They're hosting their concert fundraiser. Uh, it is coming up one week from today. It's 3 to 6 p.m. at the Lakewood Elks Lodge. And uh, so talk about ticket information and how people can get more info. Sure. So the easiest way is either to go to comebackyoga.org and go to our events page, and you can find all the details there. Or you can text ROCK, the number 4 YOGA, so ROCK 4 YOGA, to 53555. Tickets are $20. All proceeds uh, from general admission tickets and the raffle tickets go directly to Comeback Yoga. And there's the hot dog cart is going to be there. There's going to be a bar. The raffle tickets include some Comeback Yoga swag as well as some uh, Casa Bonita swag. That is Rock for Yoga, the number four, Rock for Yoga. You can text that to 53 five 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 again it's one week uh from this sunday what do you have coming up like you know the rest of the year where are you all where can people uh, do you still see a, a lot of people doing this program online we do so yeah we are in person uh you know since the pandemic ended we are reopening all of our in-person classes so you can find us uh all along the i-25 corridor in the mountains, and you can just go to our website uh, and drop down the calendar and find all of our in-person classes, but we are absolutely still online, live YouTube classes. We're reaching people internationally. Um, You know, we can always tell when one of our active duty groups uh, deploys Mm. because we start picking up views from from unknown locations. (laughs) Right, right. I know what you mean. Let let me ask you from from the post-pandemic perspective, um, are you happy, especially because things were so messed up uh, for so many people and so deadly for so many people and people got so sick, but there was also just this shift of change as to at least, you know, for a, a blip of time, hopefully, and that's all it is, people just changed everything. Are you seeing that it's coming back both you know, in person and things are just getting back to normal when it comes to what you all do. Yeah. And I'm really happy about that. I would say that one of the best things that came out of it for us was obviously we pivoted and created online classes Mm -hmm. and therefore reached a demographic that we we weren't seeing. Um, We have a lot of veterans and folks who self isolate, so they're not going to go to an in-person class so they can do it with us online. But I also think that some of the large organizations that we work with, 
the military, uh, Veterans Affairs, places like that, had to focus on mental health, had to turn what used to be a blind eye to people um, suffering from loneliness, a lack of community, and therefore have been more willing to open their doors to us, therefore the need for more classes. Mm -hmm. Kelly, as we wrap up with you, and I'll give you one more time to uh, plug the concert a week from today, uh, are you seeing that, you know, and this is not a, this is not a, a referendum on the VA. I mean, I've talked uh, with wonderful folks there. I've talked with veterans who who get everything that they need and more from the VA. I've obviously talked with other people who feel, you know, 180 degrees. But is this from a VA's perspective? Is yoga, you know, is that kind of integrated into what them, maybe them giving some official nod as to, yeah, you know what, what, you know, those guys that come back yoga or a Kelly or, or, or your wonderful staff and instructors, you know, you're doing something right. Do they validate that? Yeah, so the VA, I would say the folks that we work with specifically at the VA acknowledge it and recognize it, but unfortunately, they're the VA, so their hands are tied. So while a physician or a clinician may know the value and may recommend us to their patients or their clients, they... The Denver VA specifically, Eastern Colorado, has not implemented it as a program that uh, Hmm. patients should go to. In other states, it has been, but Colorado is a little bit far behind on that, and we're hoping to remedy it soon. You, me, and everybody involved in the program, we're going to get them. We're, we're going we're gonna to make them pay attention. How's that? Kelly Wolf, Comeback sure Yoga. Yeah, Executive Director Kelly Wolf with Comeback Yoga, comebackyoga.org. And again, one week from uh, today, Sunday, August 13th, 3 to 6 p.m. at the Lakewood Elks Lodge, a concert fundraiser featuring The Missing and Stanton Evans, again, as Kelly mentioned at the top, a Denver-based singer-songwriter, United States Army veteran. Kelly, until we talk later this fall for your, uh, obviously, annual fundraiser, thank you for what you do, friend. It's an honor to serve them. Kelly Wolf, Comeback Yoga, its executive director. That wraps up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. For our producer, Michael Arpaio, I'm Stefan Tubbs. Have a great weekend ahead. Have a great week ahead. And remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. And join us next week for another edition of The American Veterans Show. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.